Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Hi, I'm Paul Spain and this is the very first episode of the NZ Tech Podcast. Bradley Burrows and I will be coming to you every week or two with discussion about what's happening in the technology space, usually with a twist of local flavour in addition to discussing international news and happenings. We'll also feature guests on the podcast from time to time, though it's just us for this episode. All right, let's get into it. This week we are going to chat, we've got a bunch of topics actually, we're going to talk about um, Vodafone's Shore Signal Box, which is their uh, portable cell site, uh, the tie-up between Nokia and Microsoft with Windows Phone 7. We're going to be talking about uh, some new things on HTC handsets, a bit of a chat about tablets the upcoming Windows Phone 7 update, and the announcement uh, about Telstra launching a 4G network in Australia. And if we've got time, we will have a chat about the um, uh, challenges facing users of Intel's new Sandy Bridge platform. There's a lot going on. There is. It's been a big week. Yeah, it has. It's yeah, very big week. Not, not a lot of sleep's been had, and I've been <laughs> watching the Mobile World Congress update, so it's been good. But before we get into that, let's have a quick chat. You've got this box sitting in front of us right now. Do you want to sort of go through to our listener, tell the listeners around what it is, what it does, and, and it looks interesting? Yeah, so uh, what Vodafone launched, sort of did a soft launch of a couple of weeks or so ago, which is when I tried it out two or three weeks ago, um, it just appeared on their website. And they're, called, they're branding at Shaw Signal, which is, uh, they've carried across the branding that Vodafone UK have been using for the last 12 to 18 months. But what it is, it, it's a very small cell site that you can plug into your home internet connection. Okay, so what does it actually do? Is it, does it extend your current connection? Does it increase your strength? Does it give you better Wi-Fi? Uh, it basically three, gives you 3G signal. So if, for instance, you know, you're missing calls at home because you're, you're in and out of coverage... You know that that's where it's most useful. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are, there are two options. There's one, the basic one we've got here, um, which is you know aimed at the residential market. You, up to four um, phones can connect to it at a time. They've got a bigger, gruntier one that's got a bigger coverage area uh, that takes up to eight handsets, and that's aimed at businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, the requirement is that it plugs into a, a Vodafone internet connection, you know, Vodafone ADSL um, connection. Um, and you've got to have at least a, a megabit speed, which I mean you're going to have if you're running uh, DSL anyway. Does it increase your DSL speeds by any chance? Or uh, no, it just just makes use of your DSL to move that um, that 3G um, signal over. So you know, if you think about it, it actually operates in a in a in a similar manner to the cell site that you see on your street. There's a cell site there. It's just designed to give um, coverage for mobiles. Then that you know does its back call over uh, whatever you know fibre and whatnot connections are available. But of course, in your home, you've got a DSL connection, so it uses that. Um, and you know what I found was if, if you position it right, it's really really good. And I've got certainly some some places in my home that the coverage is uh, uh, pretty disappointing. And in fact, you know I'd I'd find that I'd be missing calls and so on. So. Uh, I'm now getting, um, you know, full bars in those locations after uh, having this running. But when I plugged it in at the other end of the house and thought, oh, it'll cover the whole house, it didn't do that. Okay, so it's um, about getting, it's it's it's, those, that, it's a black spot filler, filler basically, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a more detailed review if anyone's interested in, in on online on my uh, uh, blog, and 
and uh, you, you can see that through um, the NZ, nztechpodcast.com website. We've got links to uh, all of those things. And um, what's it retailing for at the moment, this one? Well, they launched it uh, when I bought it. It was uh, three four nine, um, but they very quickly, or in, in with this launch that they did this week, uh, they've dropped the price temporarily to ninety nine dollars, which I think is pretty uh, pretty phenomenal because they don't actually just ship that in the box. They also ship um, Vodafone's um, DSL router, which has two VoIP ports on it as well, um, wireless N, and um, some USB ports, so you can, um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff you can do with that, including plug in a uh, Vodum into it and, and, and take it with you to act as a router when you're on holiday and so on, so it's, uh, it's a pretty cool little uh, little box, so all of that for um, under 100 bucks. Um yeah, it's not too, not too bad. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. I was just yeah. thinking while you're saying it. I mean, obviously, you've got to be tied into Vodafone from the DSL, but the um, the, vo- the Vodaf- Vodafone's T-Stick, or no, that's a telecom, but the Vodafone's mm. stick mm. to have a wireless connection while you're away for your 3G stuff, and that, that's a lot of value for 99 bucks. Mm. That's a really yeah. good way well, of Well, I think it. what they're doing here is they're buying a bit of market share. They realise if they get people tied into their stuff, then yep. you're going to use all Vodafone stuff, right? Yeah. No one wants to have sort of different bills for every single thing and you know, things tend to work better if you've got one, uh, one provider. So um, yeah, they're really going um, um, right up against Telecom here with some of these offerings. So what's the competing product from Telecom? Do they have one at the moment? Not yet, no. So um, you know, I guess much easier for Vodafone to enter the space in New Zealand because they've had a product in the market in the UK that's basically the same product. Uh, although I'm not sure in the UK if they've had the enterprise uh, um, or business level product there yet. Uh, maybe they're going to try that one out in, uh, you know, they're trying that in the New Zealand market first. And I don't think this is launched in Australia yet either. So, um, yeah. No, that looks good. I like the idea. For $99, you can't go wrong. For a gadget freaks like ourselves, mm. it's always good to have that extended range, but also that, um, that Wi-Fi capability when you're on holiday. When the wife tries to uh, keep you away from the internet, it's always good. Always good to know you've got that. <laughs> no, it looks interesting. It looks very interesting. Yeah. So, shall we hit it? Shall we hit, do we want to do the big one first, or shall we do Mr. Intel first? Yeah, let's talk about um, Sandy Bridge. So, Sandy Bridge, dear Sandy Bridge, I must admit, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but um, AMD had a bit of fun with Valentine's Day. They sent, a, um, a, well, I think I read about 10,000 uh, Valentine's cards um, out to a whole lot of Intel customers with uh, dear Sandy.bridge, sorry to let, uh, hear you've been broken. Um, our heart can be fixed by AMD and sent out a nice um, coffee mug with it as well, <laughs> which I thought was really clever. Um, but yeah, Intel are a bit in the uh, bit in the poo at the moment with the Sandy Bridge issue. Um, I know down here in New Zealand, I think it's going to, while we've got a small market, I think it is going to hit us down here. Um, well, particularly those early adopters, right, yep. who want to be at the forefront, you, you know, like us, you go in and buy the latest thing as soon as it comes out. Uh, you know, you're stuck with having to return this gear, and I know there there are you know quite a number of enthusiasts that, that tend to buy technology offshore because they can get better prices or a broader range of products. Uh, that's going to be pretty frustrating if you if you've bought um, you know a motherboard or a, or a PC that incorporates the, the Sandy Bridge uh, chipset because hmm. uh, it's got to go back, right? So what, let's, what, what, it, do you, what do you understand is the root cause? I mean, I've, I've heard various things. I've heard up and down. What do you understand being sort of the key, one of the key issues with the, the chip itself? 
no, I'm not too sure on the details. Just it's it's stuffed. Yeah. And um, and they need to do a do a recall and uh, and replace the product. So I've heard it's, it's USB three heavy at the moment. You you get similar to what's got a buffer overflow with the USB bridge, which causes the the chip to basically shut down and have a basically have a bit of a meltdown internally on there. Um, but it seems to involve the uh, the SATA ports. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So it's really going to. I think. I think overall, Intel's got themselves into a bit of a bit of a bind. I mean, they, they fair play to Intel. They they move pretty quickly. From the reports I read, is that uh, a particular hardware manufacturer f- discovered the issue on Thursday. Um, they went to Intel. Intel worked on it Friday, Saturday. By Monday morning, Intel had announced there was a problem, and by Wednesday they had the recall program going. So. Mm. You know, it's, I think I've heard it's about $1.6 billion now, which will probably take it up to one of the biggest recalls Ouch. out there. So it's going to be pretty big. Um, Sounds bigger than the Xbox it, one, Yeah, right? it's, it's surpassed <laughs> the Xbox one now, which is you know, interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I, as you mentioned around the early adopters, I sort of look there and think, well, if how are, um, the New Zealand's made up of lot of, lots of little computer stores, so now I have to take my PC apart, take the motherboard out, return it to there, wait a few months... Getting you, it's it's there's a whole logistics nightmare that's going to go on here. Besides just the HPs, the Dells, the IBMs, the big boys that can handle that. Mm-hmm. It's how the smaller players are going to handle this, the RMA basically handling coming back. So um, if you have got a, a motherboard that's affected, I'll definitely get in contact with them and, and try and push them to allow you to to at least do a straight swap out or find out how you could minimise your downtime on your hardware. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be out without your rig while you're, you're doing this. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and, and hopefully this is the only one. Um, if you believe the rumour mill, it's a $5 chip that's causing the issue. <laughs> but, hey, it's, um, it's a big one moving forward for us. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so the big thing on this week, obviously, Mobile World Congress mm. in Barcelona. I've got friends who are there. Very nice. Yeah, very, very nice. Spain's a great country, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the, I guess the biggest news really um, yeah, has to be the Microsoft and Nokia tie-up. Yeah, it's big. I mean, I think it all started to bubble up about a week and a half ago uh, with Stephen Elop's um, internal email that got leaked. That's right. His, um, quite a, it was uh, quite a, what's the word, not scathing, but, but intense email around the state of play with the company organisation. Pretty as a honest, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was pretty honest. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how a Scandinavian-based or Finnish-based company handles this level of uh, intensity and um, American-style management. Um, you know, you hear bits and pieces around um, Nokia staff being walking out for the day just because they're so disgruntled with the whole big feel like they're getting taken over by Emmy's company. Well, I think it's more than that. It's the fact that uh, yeah, Nokia are going to lose a lot of their their headcount. A lot of a lot of staff are going to be leaving um, you know they're, they're killing off a lot of the internal R&D that they've, they've done in terms of uh, developing the Symbian operating system it's dead know, now it's, it's gone yeah. so um, yep there might be a bit of transitional you know work because they're still supporting Symbian for the you know next little while but um, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of job losses there and that's uh, I, I guess they're probably one of the biggest um, if not the biggest employer in, uh, in Finland, right? Yeah, and, and I, I think the, the other thing also is they had they built it, they bought a development platform basically for Symbian as well, and and that's now going to be killed off over time. No matter how it's 
the, the marketing team spin it over there, it's going to be killed off. Who's yeah. going to use it? So yeah. it's a it's an interesting time. I mean, Symbian's been around for a long, long time, yeah. and, and it's now kind of taken with like the Palm CE yeah. and everything else. It, it's all been moved over and surpassed. So it's a bit of an end of an era, I suppose, for that. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that um, they've sold, or in the market, there's 200 million um, handsets running, uh, or Nokia handsets running Symbian, and they're still expecting to sell another 150 million before, um, um, you know, over the next year or, or so as they wind down the platform. Shows how much stock's sitting um, out there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I found very interesting from that announcement was... Um, and Stephen Elop was was pretty vocal about this. Was that Windows Phone Seven will be coming, uh, will be filling the gap, I guess, uh, and that means right down because at the moment you see uh, some some similar devices that are reasonably low cost smartphones in the scheme of things, certainly compared to uh, you know iPhone and, and high end um, Android uh, handsets and so on. Um, so I guess that's um, you know that's that's some public acknowledgement that we will be seeing those sort of lower cost um, handsets running Windows Phone 7 in the next little while. And I mean, I think um, Engadget had a couple of leaks where they had some mock-up, well they thought they were mock-ups, and they've actually yeah. been announced as official what mm. the phones are going to look like, and in some of the press releases that have come out from um, from Spain, they're even talking around having the first versions of the Windows Phone 7 on Nokia end of this year, mm. which is pretty quick. I mean, when you consider that a, a carrier's got a no, got to do a design test and go through the process. There's obviously, yeah. Well, Nokia aren't known as being quick to turn out handsets. So no. they usually, you know, you hear about, oh yeah, there's this amazing thing coming down the pipeline, and it usually takes a long time before you actually see them. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a, a very interesting announcement, and um, you know, there, I guess there are there are a lot of Nokia fans who are who are not just Nokia fans; they're they're Symbian fans. Yep. And I think that's the vocal audience we've seen. If, if you've looked at Nokia's website where they made the announcements and they had the comments area down below, you know, there was some pretty scathing, uh, scathing comments there. So, um, uh, yeah, that was interesting. But I, I think, um, you know, once people actually see it, and, and um, that's probably the main issue at the moment, people that recall, oh, you know, they're thinking of old Windows Mobile, but they haven't actually seen and played with Windows Phone 7. Um, that's the sort of audience that's um, that's most likely to be upset. But once people actually see it in action, um, I think people will change the tune a little bit there. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that, um, that when Google did their announcement, um, did their sort of keynote at, at the Congress as well, to, they got you know, heavily asked around the Nokia thing, and Google went in there. I mean, it was it was a dual pitch from what we from what we can pull together. You know, mm-hmm. Barmer went in there, Smith went in there, and, and Google really wanted Nokia on board to use Android. So. It wasn't just a one-horse race. It's definitely, from what I can read and, and hear about, it definitely was a two-horse, and Google wanted it. Um, whether Stephen Elop's ties to Microsoft allowed him to um, get a better deal, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's going to be good. I think it's the good thing for Windows Phone 7 is that it really ties down to a fixed hardware platform, uh, very similar to what Apple's done and been very successful with. I think it's one of um, Android's shortcomings is it's very Windows Mo 6.5-like, where it's... You know, 
across loose, all, yeah, loose across every platform and you don't have standards and mm. I, I think that'll help Windows Phone 7 a lot and having a big carry like big design like Nokia behind them is going to be good so well you know there's you know all credit to Google for what they've done with, with buying an Android and, yep. and delivering a, a, a result that's become hugely popular in the market uh, but you know, it's easily discredited by some of the low-end handsets in the market. Um, yeah, just how loose they are with with their uh, store and so on. There's there's some risks associated with that, certainly from a, a business usage perspective. Um, but hey, it's it's winning the market share at the moment. Yeah. doing very well. Twenty-nine percent New Zealand. Um, so, very well. uh, yeah, yeah. So the other bit, the other interesting one that I, I picked out for discussion when we were prepping for this was. Um, HTC's obviously they come out with some amazing handsets. They've got some p- key pieces of technology. But was it they had a the Facebook? Well, it's not the Facebook phone. It's a HTC handset, but it's got a dedicated Facebook button, which was kind of interesting to see. It I couldn't quite work out whether it was just a pure branding marketing exercise or whether it actually have any value because you know, are we going to see dedicated Twitter buttons and Bebo and all the different social networking now plugging as dedicated buttons, hardware buttons, not software based? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's sort of a marketing move and, um, you know, we've had those sort of, you know, you've had buttons on phones before and, you know, often these, you know, customised buttons. I remember you know, phones I've picked up in Australia before with a, you know, a button that takes you into... That's uh, the web button or the Telstra uh, portal button, uh, and it's just an annoyance, really. <laughs> um, well, I, mean, I think it's pretty silly, but um, hey, I'm sure that there are kids out there that will get used to it and will love it, and will going forward be looking for a phone to replace their neck. You know, once they've got a phone like that, that'll be one of the features that they want. Maybe, maybe. But it's obviously certainly not something that interests me too much. It's the tween market, right? <laughs> it's the tiehards getting out there, being able to get onto it straight away. But yeah, I just found it interesting that um, obviously everyone was talking around having a, maybe a dedicated Facebook phone. Facebook had come out saying definitely not, and obviously there's obviously eight likes of HTC. I'm sure we'll see some others coming out soon. Yeah. Um, one quick one that I just want to quickly discuss, which we didn't write up, but I thought I just just popped my mind, is this Twitter sale. Have you heard about this? $10 billion, they reckon, undervalued, and they reckon that uh, Facebook and Google are looking to buy Twitter. Interesting. Yeah, it is, in- it is interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that it's worth that sort of coin at all. But, <laughs> um, uh, you know, then, then again, uh, I guess when, when these companies have got money to play with, they, they may not, um, um, you know, Look at it in uh, in the same light as we do, but um, yeah, I'd be I'd be fairly surprised if if um, they were snapped up for that sort of dollars. Yeah, it would um, be interesting. But then again, I mean they they put a current valuation on Facebook at uh, what's it up to about sixty billion now, something like that, which yeah. is about four times the valuation that was on it when when Microsoft um, um, you know bought a few shares some time back. Um, so I guess that that says that initial investment was reasonably savvy. Yeah, very savvy, very very savvy. Yeah. So also, so I suppose the other big thing that we're going to we, we heard a lot about was um, the Honeycomb platform. Yeah. Um, there are some really really nice devices that are coming out. Um, I was just having a quick look then, see if I could have a look at the Galaxy S that come came along. Um, there's obviously every man and their dog is producing an Android tab based tablet. And they, some of them are really, really nice. Well, I think at the moment there really is, 
you know, for a, for a hardware vendor to get on a, in on the latest thing, and the latest thing is tablets, mm-hmm. um, and you know everyone wants to get in and win a bit of market share away from from Apple and the iPad. Um, you know, really, it, it seems that um, uh, Android is sort of the platform at the moment as far as that's concerned. Um, obviously, there's Windows stuff coming, but there's not a there's not a there's not, not, not a uh, a whole lot to, to show just here. No, it's, it's not um, here, and it's not really a. Um, uh, I know while the OS is capable of it, the UI interface just isn't tablet friendly. Friendly at the moment, and that's obviously going to come in time, and we'll get an app store, and we'll get all those things. Yep. But uh, you know, right now, I think um, you know what what's being shown off in terms of these uh, honeycomb um, devices looks uh, looks pretty cool. Interesting comment from Eric Smith was that um, honeycomb is really designed for the tablet market or the touchscreen market, not the phone market. So I'm just wondering whether they are now going, how they're going to move forward with, are they going to leave everyone on, I think it's Froyo, is 2.2 or 2.3, mm. um, and that's going to be their phone OS, and they're going to, are they going to, they're going to set Honeycomb up as a standalone tablet OS? It's, it's, I suppose for me at the moment, the big thing is getting clarity around Google strategy, mm. right? Whether they're going to, whether they were good before, is they did have that core, core, Android OS, if you like, and if they start to go into multiple OSs, it's very much Microsoft back in the late 80s where mm. they spun off various code streams. Mm. Um, and, and, yeah, I think they've got to be careful there. Well, there's certainly an issue with, uh, with you know, the fragmentation that's coming to Android. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I guess, just how it is because it's open source. Anyone can do whatever they want with it. There isn't really too many constraints. So, mm. um, you know, you can... Stores in New Zealand that are selling Android tablets for you know, two hundred bucks. PV Tech, they sell one out price range. So, you know, there are all sorts of products coming to market, and some of them won't represent the platform particularly well. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I think some of the some of the higher end devices um, looking pretty cool, and the, the Galaxy Tab and, and so on uh, is in that space. Yeah, definitely. I think if um, if either of us are going to the US in the next three or four months, well, we might have to be bringing back one of the one of those units to have a little demo and have a play with, I think, around here. Um, there are some, from what I've seen, there are some really nice UIs being built on top of it. Mm. But the hardware itself now is interesting, is that I think a lot of vendors are hedging their bets on, um, like you said, some maybe interim Win 7 to Win 8 hybrid. Mm. Mm. Um, and uh, with the ARM processor now, and append, uh, apparently Windows 7 going going to have an ARM version, that's what we're hearing from the bits and pieces. Mm, mm. You know, if they could get that onto a tablet, that, that's a whole new ball game. So, Absolutely. or is it just going to be pure Windows 8? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully we don't have to wait too long for oh, that stuff. But um, hope so. We'll we'll leave that to uh, the folks in Redmond to um, do their stuff. So I suppose for me, uh, Windows Phone 7 update. Um, I was in the dark for a lot of it, um, not knowing what was going on, but where a lot of us were. Um, and it was really good to see the demo showing real code rather than just screenshots. Yeah. You're um, talking about the update that's coming in the second half of the year? Yeah, both of them. So yeah. obviously there's, there's one coming, I think Barmer's announced it as the in March time frame. Yeah, so he said the first two weeks of March, all the yep. blogs are saying uh, 8th of March. And yeah, I, I had, had, had heard uh, in January that it was definitely a March yep. sort of release and... People were thinking, oh, this is coming in January. Oh, if not, then the first week of February. But 
um, yeah, now we know. And what we don't really know is if there's any more in it other than the copy and paste and the speed up to the loading of sort of you know certain apps, games, and the like. And marketplace um, speed performance, yeah, is what I've heard as well. Okay. Okay. So the kid, I mean, for, yeah, cut, uh, copy and paste, um, application load times, and marketplace. Uh, I think some of some of the stuff. I'm sure there'll be some stuff under the hood mm-hmm. that we don't find out until the release gets here. Yeah, well, so there was something that didn't really get uh, much coverage in the media. Uh, Barmer <laughs> made some comments about uh, Windows Phone Seven getting more friendly to to business and system admins in terms of support for, yeah. you know, presumably support for more um, active sync type um, um, policies and, and the like. Uh, so we don't know whether any of those are being rolled into this update yet or whether they'll be later on in the year. Um, but it's certainly good that, that, you know, that he sees that important and as important enough to be um, talking about anyway. So um, the big update, which will be coming out in the second half of the year, which is currently codenamed Mango, which Mr. Paul Thrott, um announced on his blog site. So we're not breaking any embargoes no, from my no, side. No, no. He's, he's mentioned that, and uh, Mary J. Uh, Joe Foley, yep. um, and a few others. So, yeah. so Mango is going to be interesting. I, um, from what um, Mr. Barmer announced, obviously there's going to be looks like there'll be Twitter integration into the People Hub. Yeah, which will be cool. really cool. I think I love getting the Facebook stay update. But I think with Twitter integration, it it, it does bring everything together. Mm. Um, for me, the other, i9 I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, having a GPU powered browser now. Yeah, is that, that uh, it actually surprised me that Microsoft made that announcement that they would have that yeah. uh, in that update because. I mean, traditionally we've looked at Windows Mobile and so on. The browsers have just been so far behind. But here's a browser that's coming out. It's going to be, um, you know, it looks as though it's very much going to be at the forefront of the pack in terms of browsers when it comes out um, for, you know, Windows 7 and for Vista machines over the next, you know, presumably next couple of months it will be launched in. Um, And to see that come so quickly to Windows Phone is... um, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. I it's think. refreshing, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. is nice. It's, yeah. I, I think we're starting to see that the Redmond machines had a good kick up the pans. I think we're starting to see that um, we're getting those release cycles quicker and crisper. Um, it was also interesting to look at um, when Joe Belafonte was doing his demos. Yeah. Um, obviously, he just did the basic show to make sure everyone understood what was going on, but I'm not sure if you saw the Connect Integration. Did you manage to I, see yeah, that? I did, yeah, I did see that one. That was very cool. And, and to see that was working code as well, not just a mocked-up video, but actually proper working code. Mm. Um, yeah, that was that was neat to see that we're starting to... Connect's a very powerful tool. Mm. And we, we're seeing a lot of the Connect hacks, people are having great fun with it. Now to see it start to see it coming into devices in real world and... You know, hopefully Windows 8 or Windows 10 or something has it built into it. Mm-hmm. But um, to see that integration with the Windows Phone, I think that's a killer, a killer feature for um, that keeps it ahead. I mean, the Xbox Live integration in Windows Phone 7 is just stunning. I, I love it. I play ex- the Xbox Live games; it's fantastic. But being able to control a Kinect game mm. while your friends are doing it—that is going to be cool. Yeah, no, it does look cool. And yeah, I must admit, I haven't been much of a gamer for uh, for many years, but. Yeah, I, I found quite enticing the um, uh, Xbox Live gaming experience on on Windows Phone 7 and the way then it ties back and I sit back in front of my Xbox and I see all the points come up on the screen yeah. and so on. Uh, that's very cool. I think the other key thing for just on the last thing on the Windows Phone 7 is, is how it handled the, um, the now um, sort of multitasking. 
uh, by holding that back button, getting that beautiful tile, tile ca- mm. um, carousel-based uh, menu system, and the resume features now are instantaneous. Mm. It seems to almost leapt. Uh, if you look at where we're up to almost the iPhone version 5, it seems mm. to have leapt a couple of, in comparison to being mm. up at the iPhone 3 when this update comes out, hopefully, mm. I think, which is good from the Redmond side of things because they need to accelerate and catch up fast. Absolutely. I mean, there are obviously a few gaps there in Windows Phone 7. Right now, I think it's yep, the yep. slickest, easiest to use, um, you know, smartphone platform, and it does, a, you know, a bunch of stuff that none of the other guys have thought of, you know, a fresh approach to the UI. But there's definitely a few missing bits and pieces in there, and um, uh, yeah, it's good to see those those signs that they're uh, they're moving very quickly to uh, to fill in the gaps. So, yeah. yeah, I think for me, I want, the last thing on this is I want to see while they've got major releases, I want to see the minor releases coming out more regularly. Every six to eight weeks, you know, they don't shouldn't have to wait for like to get a whole lot like the old traditional service pack model. Agreed. I want to see little tiny when if there's a, a problem with the with the Yahoo feature at the moment, for instance, I want to see that fixed in a small update out to Father Zoo Marketplace. Just yeah, I wonder if they've got enough resources to do that and all the testing that's required when you launch an update, or maybe they're holding it back so that they can they can you know get more in um, into bigger releases. But I guess time will tell. But you know we're looking at a March uh, launch of this first update. You know the device will have been out what nearly. Five months, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's that first update. I would have thought could have been a lot quicker. Um, they've released an update. You probably noticed it in the last week or so to the Zoom client as well. That definitely is designed to facilitate that. So uh, that's cool. Um, so what else have we got on the list? We uh, we're probably just about out of time. Um, Telstra. Let's do, let's talk about Telstra because this is one that you surprised me with when we caught up this morning or just before. Is that I didn't even know they're looking at 4G. Um, I was having to be over in Australia over Christmas time, and um, th- they they seem to be light years ahead with their 3G. What they're doing with it, right? I was over there. I could watch um, on my Windows Phone 7 device. I could watch, you know, the cricket and all these neat things. Come back to New Zealand, it almost feels like going back in time in some mm-hmm. ways. And now they're launching 4G today. Yeah, well, wow. um, T- Telstra, you know, put a lot into what they call their next gen network when they launched their, their 3G network there. Um, there were some frustrations to a degree for a while that it was 850 megahertz and so not you know not so compatible with with a lot of devices. But that's now uh, you know pretty common because you know AT&T use it in the states, Telecom New Zealand use it for their uh, their 3G network with uh, uh, XT network. Um, and I mean the, the speeds on that are, are pretty blinding, I believe as well. Um, you know, they keep pushing out the very latest iterations of, um, um, you know, performance iterations. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I was uh, pretty surprised that this announcement came out this week as well at Mobile World Congress. Uh, they're talking about 60 to 80 megabits, being able to get that on your mobile device. And I've seen some of the, the Australian news sites sort of reporting that, you know, hey, this is this is going to encroach into the... the, the uh, or, or affect the um, impact of the fibre network that they're rolling out in Australia because its performance is going to get close to what the fibre network can deliver. Uh, I mean, it's, if you get 60 to 80 megabits, that's that's ahead of what you know anyone uh, in New Zealand or Australia is getting you know on their home connections right now. It's, yeah. it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, and if they can bring it down to a you know uh, an acceptable price point, then um, yeah, 
Yeah, that was my thing. Is that uh, it's it's great having these phenomenal speeds, but um, com- you know, when I was in Australia, I was up to thirty dollars by ten gig of data on my phone for thirty bucks, um, which I still 10 find. Ten gig? Are you sure? Yeah, well, that, that doesn't sound right to me from what I've seen over there. I got yeah, airport prices. All right. Got I, I got yeah. It was. But, I think yeah. I mean, I, the cheapest I've seen there is a gig for. Ten or fifteen dollars. I haven't seen anyone. Oh no, Vodafone have got some good packages on. Okay. Yeah, okay. Brisbane Airport is great because okay. um, I was quite pleased. I came back here and you look at the, the data prices over yeah. here. It's yeah. just like I got a mobile SIM with that as well. Yeah, thirty-five yeah. bucks. Well, that was quite good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was what I, what I found awkward when I was trying to do it is that is getting. I went through Vodafone at the time and I, to get the right package. Mm. Um, was hard because mm. they, didn't, they didn't understand their product line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a good deal on that one. But they've got to have the packages right and the cost right for people mm. to start using yeah. it. I mean, I would love um, to be able to use my mobile phone as my primary internet connection at home mm. if I could literally just dock it into an ADSL-type mm. device and that would mm. become it. But it's just price prohibitive. I do 60 gig a month you know, mm. with, my, with, my, with my job, mm. and I don't want to pay 200 or 150 bucks for a telecom or anyone else. You know, mm. Mm. Um, My ISP charges me a great rate, and I should, mm. that's fine. So mm. I think that's going to be the big thing is now getting those price points down. Mm. Mm. Well, certainly on the home connections it is, and... Uh, yeah, the other thing that um, you know I've implemented is that new uh, this broadband complete router that comes with the ShoreCell uh, bundle at the moment, um, and that's it's not document or promoted, but it's got two VoIP ports on it. Mm. Um, so we weren't really using our home landline much anyway, so we've moved to naked DSL. Uh, we get 30 gigs uh, worth of data from um, Vodafone. As I say, ditch the home line because we've got Vodafone mobiles. We're getting charged sixty-five dollars a month for that. Um, so that's you know that's reasonably enticing. Yep, might cost you another twelve dollars a month if you want to um, uh, have a VoIP line, a you know SIP connection on on that router. But um, that's that's a lot cheaper than what you could have done twelve months ago. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So look, Paul, we're out of time. Um, it's been a great chat this week. I think next week we want to go through uh, Microsoft's announcement around Service Pack 1 for Windows 7 and uh, Windows Server 2008. Uh, I think we also want to maybe talk a little bit about some of the new gadgets going to be coming up. We're going to hit that release cycle soon. I think we're going to start seeing some new things coming through. Yeah, I think a lot coming through the pipeline for sure. Um, and I think we should try and also have a chat around some of the home technology that's going on at the moment. I was talking to you earlier on around how I've got this new HP um, touch smart at home, having a bit of a play with that, and some of the uses that could be done with that. Um, you know, it's been around a while. It's not. It's, it's not a giant iPad. It's actually a full-blown PC. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a bit of a chat around that next week. Good. Good. And some of the home video and um, audio sort of streaming options. Some of the things happening in the US and yes. how we can uh, use that stuff here in New Zealand. Most definitely. Most definitely. We have a bit of a chat around that. Good. All right. Well, that's us. This has been the. Uh, New Zealand Tech Podcast, the very first episode, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you soon. Uh, feel free to hit us up online if you would like us to cover any particular topics. You can find us on Twitter, NZ Tech Podcast on Twitter, and nztechpodcast.com online. Cool. All right. Take care, everyone. See you. Cheers.